Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I'm ready to go. How are you? Having a good week? Let's hope so. I want to start from the top and just say shout out to the Stacking Slabs podcast nation. I see you out there. I hear you out there. I don't often get caught up in the numbers and the downloads and the shares and all this stuff. I kind of just keep doing it. It's my ritual every week. I've got a sports card content project that I passionately pour my energy into because I love sports cards. I love creating content. I love connecting with the community. Um, so it's very self-satisfying in a way. And um, I often talk about the fact that it's almost like a hack because it brings me closer to you, the listener. It brings me closer to cards that I want. Um, so it's a magnet in a way. And the benefit of it is that individuals like you listening right now enjoy the content, um, support the content. You tell a damn friend about the content. And I just want to say thank you because the numbers, the shares, all the metrics any marketer would look at around stacking slabs are continuing to climb. And I love that. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like some of what I'm saying is resonating with a segment of the hobby. Um, so I do appreciate that. I view this very much like a DIY project. This is self-funded. Everything comes directly from me. Um, and I do it because of everything I just said. Think about just, uh, I'm a big music guy. You know that. And I think about like DIY musicians that I love that kind of became legends and built their careers off the backs of just creating great work and creating a great following. And I think of bands like Pavement, I think of, um, and by no means am I comparing Stacking Slabs podcast to these rock and roll legends, guys like Elliot Smith, rest in peace. But I think the, the punchline and the premise is about the same, where it's like, we're not doing this to get big payoffs, to get big checks. Actually, it's we're doing this because we have a passion for creating and we have a passion for sharing. So I this has been a wild ride this whole thing of all things the stacking slabs podcast but man people are listening people are liking it and I will continue to pour my energy into this bring you conversation share some perspective because sports cards rule and I love it. Let's get into the episode. What I want to do from the top is just say, there's always just a, on these um, solo conversations, This is there's always just a bunch of stuff, and there's always going to be a bunch of stuff. Um, this one, I am thinking about rookie cards, and I'm thinking about the significance of rookie cards and how rookie cards measure up to potentially veteran cards and cards that are um, 
rare and scarce, but might not be rookie cards, cards that look cool, but might not be rookie cards, and trying to compare and contrast those a little bit. I was thinking back and just looking at my collection and players that I PC, and obviously, like, you know, of course, I want rookie cards of those players that fit the qualifiers for which I collect in, you know, them being shiny, them being serial numbered, but in many cases, the they're back on players that no longer play or players that are ending their career that I collect. You know, you look back on the rookie cards, and it, you know it's there's it's not it's not just about them to me. It's about exploring continuity and consistency and buying cards that I really love of those players, regardless of the year. Now, I will say I'm not m- big on buying cards and spending a lot of money on um like a Peyton Manning post 2015 I don't I don't exp- I don't really get down with the post career cards um now there there might certainly be exceptions into that but once the once the individual is is retired that's usually where I put a a halt to their uh my collecting of them I want playing year stuff um, so I'm going to get into that at the end. I'm going to use a little data that I'm going to take a case study, use a little data and ta- have a conversation around it. And I think what I would like to do is really try to explore and understand the question of, is it the rookie card? Should we be focusing on the rookie card? Should we be focusing in other areas? At the end of the day, it's what makes us happy. But I will say that what a rookie card was when I was growing up is a lot different than what rookie cards are now. There used to be one option. Now there's thousands of options. So and the oversaturation of rookie cards doesn't make sense to try to pick up a bunch of different brands that might not be highly popular and might only have a shelf life of one to two years, or does it make more sense to hold back and spend more money on a second year, a two year of a premium brand that is rare and scarce? So I'm going to talk about that, but want to just say it from the jump. A lot on my mind, mostly the Aiton of it all. Oh boy, if you're a Pacers fan this past week, it was a roller coaster and it was it was it was went hard and it went fast and i'll say this yes the fact that the pacers did something that they never do rolling out the brinks truck for deandre ayton um was encouraging i think there is a young they're in a rebuild right now and they're i like what they're doing there's been uh, we're sh- shedding old skin bringing in new players. And I thought DeAndre Ayton would have been a really nice fit with Tyrese Halliburton. Oddly enough, he he wanted to play in Indiana. He wanted to play with Tyrese. So then the Suns matched because they, you know, really had no other choice, I guess. But I don't know. I vision, It was going through that wave of emotions where it's like, holy shit, they did it. And then the next minute, Phoenix and match, it's just part of it. And it's just validation for just how wild the NBA offseason can be and how many twists and turns there are. So I think, um, you know, well, I wish we had DeAndre Ayton, and yeah, it might you might have considered that an overpay. I think it is rare for someone like him to want to come to a place like Indiana. So that kind of sucks. But 
I'll say this, I'm happy at what the team is doing and I'm getting into more local stuff because, you know, I'm a homer, but I got, I talked about the luck podcast from last week. Zach Kiefer put it on from the athletic six part series. I literally crushed it the day it was released. I listened to three hours before work. I listened to three hours after work and I just, it was, you know, I have a lot of friends that were like, man, I can't listen to that. The, it's, the wounds are still so fresh. And for me, there were certainly parts that I, I was thinking, uh, what if, or what, what it could have, should have, but I think it really gave me an understanding of the competitor and the mentality and the mindset and the situation really did a nice job of piecing all of those things together in a narrative format where people that were close to luck had an opportunity to comment on his career and all it wanted all it made me really want to do is buy more Andrew Luck cards and yeah I uh can say this uh, the really like I can't forecast the price of cards nor do I really care to I can only share these are the cards that make me happy and this is who I want to collect and undeniably Andrew Luck plays a pretty big role in my fandom as a just as a Colts fan in the transition and I choose to remember him fondly because of moments like being in the stadium for the comeback against the Chiefs it's one of my favorite sports moments I've ever been a part of and Andrew Luck was the orchestrator around that so as a collector I want to make sure that I have pieces in my PC that help ignite and remind me of those moments so, well, the mainstream would say, oh, Andrew Luck, he's retired. He's not going to make the Hall of Fame. Like, why would you collect him? The collector in me says, I don't give a shit because it makes me happy. He's one of my favorite athletes. And if you're not playing the short game and you're thinking about things from a long-term perspective and mentality, odds are that 10, 20 years from now, there'll be a lot of other people like me who have those same feelings about Andrew Luck. So if you haven't gotten a chance yet, go check out that podcast, six-part series. It's awesome, man. Even if you're not a Colts fan, even if you're not an Andrew Luck fan, um, I would say check it out. It's really, really good content. I know you all are preparing a lot of preparation going down in the Stacking Slabs community around the National. Um, again, I wish I could be in attendance and mix it up and do all those things. Not in the cards, pun intended, this year. Uh, but you all, I'm excited. It's a lot of first-time people going, which is awesome. Um, I think there is no better way to get really freaking excited about the time you spent outside of your normal life than to go hit a national. I'm excited to follow along on Instagram and through all the other channels. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I can't, it's, it's coming around the corner and I know while I'm not going to be there, I'm going to always try to bring guests and information to you that will help people that are going. So I've got a guest lined up for this week. More on that soon. Dallas Card Show happened this past week. Again, like if you can't hit the National, Dallas is a really nice one to go to. I hit the Dallas Show last year, and I honestly, since I can't hit the National, I'm going to look at my calendar, but really like to hit Dallas again at some point. It's really easy for me to get to, um, and it's a hell of a show. So I know there were some people that I know that were out in the mix, and um, 
yeah, I'd love if you, if you were at the show, I'd love feedback. Like what is, what are things that you're seeing? What are things that you're hearing? Um, I thought it was cool. I had some followers, uh, reach out to me regarding cards that they were seeing and trying to connect me and hook me up with certain individuals. That's the best. Thank you for that. Appreciate the mindfulness around reaching out to me, especially when you see a card that I might like, might like. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I guess that the macro, a lot of what I heard was going down at in Dallas was it was modern quarterback mania. There was cases upon cases upon cases upon cases of your Zach Wilson's of your Trevor Lawrence's of your Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. What? Justin Herbert, what? Andy Dalton. I almost said Andy Dalton. Man, I uh, Joe Burrow. Excuse me, um, Bengals fans, Hude Nation out there. Man, even going to a Super Bowl, Andy Dalton. It felt like Andy Dalton was parked in Cincinnati for like five years too long. <laughs> no disrespect, but man, I can't. I can't. The red red rifle, the red rocket, whatever you call him in Cincy. Who day? Who day? Who they think they're gonna beat them Bengals? Joe Burrow. Excuse me. What? Everywhere. There people are in people are trying to move those pieces now. It's happening. Man, I'll tell you this. So I spent one year buying into the storm, and I spent another year selling into the storm. And selling into the storm's a little better, okay? So I offloaded all my Kyler pieces. Um this time last year and I look at my my case and my cards and there's some pieces in there that I would not have now that I love if it wasn't for selling into this so I know there's an attachment people like to gamble a little bit people like to cheer for a guy on Sunday you do you buy the cards you want but know that there is a lot of movement happening right now and you don't want to get stuck with a quarterback that isn't living up to it. Trust me, I have been there. Oh, I just comment too from the top, man. I'm I'm excited. While I can't go to the national, I've got an event Labor Day weekend planned. I will be heading to Chicago, not for sports cards, but for all elite wrestling, baby. All out is back in Chicago. Yes, I'm I'm double or nothing. Now I'm going to all out. It's like I'm doing the whole AEW pay-per-view tour. But I do it because it's an escape for me alongside sports cards, and I'm excited for that card. I love professional wrestling live. If you are out there and you love professional wrestling, shout out to you. It is a great escape. I think one of the most fun and interesting comments that Chris, from last week's episode, if you haven't already, and I know a lot of you have, so I'm checking it out, Um. But by the way, who's going to be our sponsor for this week? Our sponsor for, um, man, who's our sponsor this week? We're going to have to have maybe Culver's. Culver's is the unofficial sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast this week. Um, I had a lot of people slide into my DMs, shouting out the Butter Burger, shouting out the um, custard of it all. Um, shouting out the crinkle fries, the root beer. Um, people are getting excited about the fish dinners, the fried fish, um, the whole coleslaw deal. Um, people are excited about the spicy chicken sandwich. So, you know, if you're looking for a 
Um, nice family-oriented dinner. Um, go check out Culver's. Um, if you don't have them by you, um, ask a friend to help you out because the butter burger will change you. And Culver's, the unofficial sponsor of the Stacking Slabs podcast this week, um, go check it out. But the one of the most important things that I heard from last week's episode is Chris talking about nation states, and I love that descriptor. And I think everyone has their own form of hobby operating um, and governing that we all subscribe to. Okay, we all have our own way we do about it, and there there are fragmentation. There's fragmentation within all those those interests, and we all love cardboard and can and can unite around people doing wrong. So people that are trying to scam, I love the fact that although like we, one person might like breaking, one person might like flipping, one person might be a collector. Whenever there's crazy shit going on, people like stand up and unite, which rules. And that's why I love the hobby. Um, there was one instance this week, which stop doing this, you you dummies. So, so somebody um, had a card that, shit, I can't even remember the player. I don't know if it was Justin Fields. Or it was a young quarterback, okay? So they got it graded, cracked it out, put it on eBay, and then they're positioning as like pack fresh without letting anyone know that it was formerly like a PSA 7, okay? But what happens? Like the, the community unites and says, hey, hey, loser, like we see what you're doing. And so I love like the fact that we all kind of unite around seeing stuff like that. And so I think although that, when you go to the national or you see the national, there are a lot of different nation states will be there, but everyone's there because of the love of sports cards. And I think that's really cool. And I think the one thing that just as a reminder of that, that as a reminder of it to me is the fact that we all have the opportunity to curate our own hobby experience, the people we follow, the things that we do, where we spend our money, who we use for grading, who we don't use for grading who we buy wax from, who do we buy singles from, which marketplace that we choose, like which local show we go to, do we go to the national? Like we are in control and I use it and I'll say it again. I haven't said it in a while. We're all CEOs of our PC. Like we own our show. So we all have the opportunity to curate our own, own hobby experience and we should do that. Never let someone tell you what you should be doing in the hobby. If you're doing that, might be, be time to take a little breather and a break because to me the fun and the importance and the significance of this all is the ability to take ownership of how we roll in the hobby i'll tell you what sucks right now and that is selling man auctions are brutal brutal i got destroyed this past week just annihilated like half the co- half of what i was forecasting in auctions that i put out there um, and I'm all, I'm always been pro auction and I see like, I'm, my mentality is like, see what the market bears, whatever the market bears is what the cards are, are valued at. Um, but I don't think that, I think not so much here. I think, um, to me, it's like, this might not be the best time to run auctions, um, especially independently without like maybe some help from a consigner or a major auction house or something like that. So I just be cautious. And this is just an awareness thing. I think you know, move to make is just like go the bin route. Go bin, make an offer, see if you get a couple bites. A lot of cards that I think it's it's great if you're buying. A lot of cards that I've been buying have come in bound. If you have nice stuff, I think you can work work your community. The last 
couple or few sales that I've made have been with friends. And I think, you know, we always have movement. We always have things we're doing. We always have targets that we're pursuing. And I think the easiest, and we, we have these conversations and, you know, I say to my friends all the time, Hey, if you're ever looking at selling that card, knowing that the card is awesome, that they're probably not, but like, think of me, the, those things, like when someone says that to me, those stick into my brain and they don't leave because it's nice to know that if you need 500, a couple thousand bucks because there's something that you want to do, it's nice to know that like you don't have to go through the process of putting it up for auction, waiting to get the money in your account. That, like that whole thing takes a while, right? Speed kills, baby. Speed freaking kills. And so what I'm saying is that if you're building the connections, you're building the relationships with people that collect the stuff that you collect, then, and you you have these cards that aren't typically available, but you might like, but don't love, and you know someone else needs it to help fill out their collection, it's really nice to turn to those individuals and not in a pushy way. It's It's basically playing back what you've, heard them say to you, you know, it's like, it's to me, it's courtesy. So it's like, okay, we talked about this. This is actually available. Like, and if you're in the, a collector, who's not much of a seller, like most of the time, like getting rid of this stuff is not easy nor fun. It's a lot. It's a lot easier when you know, it's going into a PC of someone who's not going to turn around and flip it. I, so I, I think that's really something that like I've been doing especially after getting absolutely crushed in some of these auctions is if you need a raise and you need to make some funds, you probably aren't going to want to sell cards, but it's the nature of it. So go turn to the people that uh, you know, collect the same stuff and you have relationships with and just ask. I think the no fees of it all, um, getting the money instantly into the account, all those things are uh, really good. One thing that's killing me right now, and I just can't understand, and I'm, I'm literally too, uh, I'm so, I, I don't understand it so much that I'm not willing to like go read like the white papers or the cheats and everything. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Is the fact that like when I buy a card on eBay, a graded card, and I don't know if there's a a, a monetary threshold or what, but like you know, nine hundred thousand dollar card. Dude, like, why is it getting sent? To, why is it getting sent to PSA? Okay, so I get the I get the raw grading authenticity portion. I have stacks and stacks of these eBay little folder things because I buy a lot of raw cards that are, you know, three hundred to six hundred dollar range. So you know, I get the. I'll wait a little bit for the. Uh, Someone to go through and make sure the card's legit. Okay, I get it. But when it's graded already, man, like I look up the certain numbers of every card I buy before I buy it. Okay, so I'm doing the authentication myself in a way. Um, like I didn't ask for this. Like, like granted, it, it, most of the time they're just cards. I'm not, I'm not flipping. I just want them in my collection. But it just drives me nuts. Like, why am I waiting for two months? It's like I'm waiting like two or three weeks for these cards. It just doesn't make any sense. So I don't understand that program. I really don't. I don't know why my graded card has to go get graded again or get looked at. Like who is doing that work? That is a whole, I'm thinking about the operations behind it and those cards going into 
a PSA and then someone's got to like, they've got to be flagged in a certain way. Someone's got to open them up and someone's just got to look at the slab and say, yep, this isn't a PSA slab. Let me go put it in another thing and send it out. Think about all the money on shipping and all this stuff. Like, I don't get it. Someone help me understand it because I don't get it. Um, I don't get it from, maybe if you're a seller, then like I get that. Like it gets, you know, you less of a chance of something. If it gets lost in the mail, it's on someone else sort of a thing. But like as a buyer, like I don't care. And we were actually talking about this in, in, one, in one of my chats and it was like, I, I like the idea of the option. Like if, if somebody actually out there like likes their great, like wants this to happen, like just like, let's, let's give us an option to do that. But like the fact that I have to wait three weeks for a card that's already graded to get back to me pisses me off. I talked about uh, a national veteran that I want to have back on the podcast. That is happening. I got my, my man, Justin, 610 Sports Cards, back on the pod. He's going to be set up at the show. He is a veteran. Going to talk about the national. Going to talk about it from a – I think I want to hit on from a dealer's perspective, get some uh, some of where his head's at going into this year's national in Atlantic City. I'm ready for football season. Colts rookies report on the 23rd. It's happening. We're almost there. Football season. I know all of you out there are excited. So let's close it out with this. I want to make sure that um spending some time here talking about rookie cards. Okay. So I talk about my, my nephews quite a bit. One of my nephews said to me while we were on vacation, he said, Hey, I got a CD Lamb rookie card. And so okay, cool. That's awesome. Like I'm I'm telling him, sweet man, like that's great, like awesome. But like to me, like I had to do some more discovery, okay? So it's like, how many CD Lamb rookie cards are there? There's thousands, okay? So it's like, what brand? Is there anything special about it, right? Is there a serial number? Is it a case hit? And I'm just thinking about how many CD Lamb rookie cards can there possibly be? I mean, we grew up in an era where there was like a few rookie cards that mattered, right? It was like, you remember the Shaq craze and i remember the upper deck rookie and it was such a chase and then there's the stadium club but there's very few right so it's like you chase the rookie the base rookie cards that's what we did and i think now it's like more than ever there's not only proliferation of cards that are being produced but then there is there is different types where you've got outside of just rookie cards you've got shiny stuff you've got patches you've got autos you've got inserts and you've got all of these types of ways to collect that I think it doesn't necessarily all need to be about the rookie card right now. I, I mean, just an example, okay? So you, you think about um, Prism Gold cards. You think about the how those things have uh, elevated over the course of a few years. You think about game-worn patches with autographs from significant brands. It's like those cards rule they're not necessarily all rookie cards, but we all want to collect it. So I think this is something that I'm certainly interested in. And I'm trying to like take a step back because I'm looking at my collection and I'm thinking about uh, how few rookie cards I have in my PC. And while and for me, the rookie of it all is a lot less significant to me than the aesthetics and the scarcity. So I wanted to take an example and I, you know, went to card ladder and I tried to like think about this for a second. I was like, okay, who's, who is someone within card ladder? Who's got a cards or an index with cards that have a lot of different rookies um, or enough rookies that to be tracked. And then 
taking like a segment, which is shiny stuff. And so I compared and contrast Brady rookies over the last couple of years, the rookie cards, what they're doing, and then shiny stuff and what they're doing. So when I'm talking about rookie cards, I think the first thing when I think about Tom Brady rookie cards, like outside of like the Bowman Chrome, and there's a, some other exceptions, but a lot of them aren't really great, right? He's in his Michigan uniform or he's in practice gear. It's just not like super cool. And maybe if you're a Brady rookie apologist, you'll come out and you'll try to defend the, his rookie cards till it's death. But like, I don't know. They just, to me, they don't do it a lot. So you're you're thinking about like, I think just the two that like are primary probably in people's minds are the rookie ticket because it's showing up in auction every other month. Um, we see tons of those sell and then the Bowman Chrome. And then you got other, you know, you get the upper deck, you've got the crown, rookie royalty. There's just so many. But so Card Ladder tracks 50 of these rookie cards and it's 50, not necessarily different cards, but 50, it could be different graded, but just 50 total. So within the last two years, starting basically probably around the his last Super Bowl, his rookie cards have gone up 113%, right? Huge rise in football cards in general, um, huge rise in the Brady market. And then the past year, they've gone up 3%. So there's been 3% growth over the past year. So you can see that there's kind of a little bit of pullback. Now there's 3% growth on these cards, which they're Brady rookies. They're significant, but there's, I don't know, to me, they don't hit the mark as some of the, some of the other stuff. So looking at shiny stuff, 64 cards, we're talking about Chrome, Prism, Finest, that sort of stuff. Over two years, these cards have gone up 799%. Okay. And over the last year, 92%. I know there's been some pullback recently on some Brady shiny stuff, but still, like, that's crazy. So to me, I look at these two uh, comparisons and I think to myself, man, like, think about if you bought two years ago, think if you, like, you were just a Tom Brady refractor collector. Like, you'd probably be doing pretty good right now. And I think this is just interesting. And I think our hobby is evolving in a way where for the better, where it's not just about the rookie cards anymore. And it's like, if you're going to be a collector, like buy the stuff that looks cool, that's rare and scarce, and that is super unique. And so I'm thinking a lot about this and I'm going to continue to dig in numbers and stuff. But I, I will say this just as a punchline. I think if your instincts tell you that if you're starting a player PC and you're not interested in going ham on their rookie cards because they're not on their current team or you don't like the specific years, like don't worry about thinking that you're going to maybe lose a bunch of your money by buying non-rookie stuff. I think it's actually opposite. I think there are so many opportunities out there and some of the vet stuff. And really what matters is the brand of card the the significance now or the future significance along with some of the scarcity. Hopefully you like what I'm doing over here. Hit the buttons, all the buttons, but most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Size podcast. I will be back with my man, 610 Sports Card Justin, on Friday. Take care, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah.